to a spooky new episode of Fire & Water Records. I'm your host, Neil Daly, and today we've got a special treat in store for you. In keeping with the Daly Brothers Family Values concept and borrowing from our vastly popular Very Daily Christmas series, today we're debuting the first annual Very Daily Halloween episode. Joining me in this venture is, of course, 49% of the Daly Brothers, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? How you doing, man? <laughs> I think you're you're overestimating me. So. <laughs> uh, I, I, maybe I'd give you too much credit. But. <laughs> I think so. Uh, thank you for finally having me on as a guest on the show. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, you know our schedules just it's it's hard to it's hard to coordinate. You know, it's, I, 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 this has been a long time in the making, but I'm I'm glad to finally get you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> so let me give you all a brief synopsis of what we've got in store for you today. For any of you who follow me on social media, you'll no doubt all already know that Halloween basically raised me as its own demon stepchild growing up. Long before I knew I wanted to be an actor or a musician, there was always something exciting about dressing up and playing a character once a year. Something about the opportunity to escape into another persona absolutely thrilled me, and I didn't even know why at the time. But from my youngest days, I got every bit as excited for Halloween season as I did for Christmas. For over a decade now, for example, I've thrown an annual Halloween party with rotating themes every year. Ryan, you've been a part of them. You know this. And for those of you who know me well, I'm notorious for changing costumes to match the theme of my party as many as three to four times throughout the night. And my Halloween usually lasts up to five days between various events and parties and whatever. I start planning my Halloween themes and acquiring pieces months in advance, and I never buy straight off the rack. That takes all the fun out of it. Usually it's got to be carefully crafted and pieced together via thrift shops or hardware stores. And God, I love it. But sharing is caring. And I'm happy to say that despite our geographic differences, Ryan, as I mentioned, has partaken in many of my Halloween parties as well. And whether he likes it or not, he's always forced to treat his costumes with the same respect I do. So, Ryan, guest of the show, (laughs) tell us a little bit about what Halloween means to you. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of the same things that you said. I mean, from a very early (laughs) age, I liked the idea of playing another character, of just kind of slipping Mm -hmm. into a a different... And and because so many of my characters that I played at early Halloween ages, they were inspired by movie characters or, Mm -hmm. or monster things that, you know, were part of the pop culture. But there was something else that I really loved about Halloween from a very early time that I couldn't articulate as a kid. It actually took me a while to really identify what it was. But Halloween, as opposed to Christmas, Christmas was wholesome. Christmas was about family. Christmas was about like the joy of the season and the spirit. Christmas was <laughs> supposed to be everything good about humanity <laughs> and like what we were doing to each other. Halloween, on the other hand, was... It felt like the rebellious holiday. Yes. And there, there were a couple of things about that. Like, part of it was the fact that, like, I, I knew even if I couldn't 
it, like explain it, I knew that dressing up like monsters or or goblins and everything like we were going out at night. This was the time when like the the season is changing. The shadows get longer. Everything feels a little bit more dangerous. But you're gonna dress up like a Frankenstein or a vampire, and you're gonna sort of infiltrate. You're gonna put yourself out there like you're going undercover. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the time when you can kind of fool the monsters. You can fool the dark spirits by acting like one of them. And then there was also the aspect of, like, just on the very personal level, you know, on, on Halloween night, I would go out with my friend or something like that, you know, one or two or three people or something. We would go trick-or-treating, and, of course, getting the candy was great. I loved that part of it. No, what kid doesn't? <laughs> but there was also that part after that, after we came home, after I took off the costumes, there became a sort of impromptu tradition of you, me, and a lot of times mom would stay up late watching a scary movie on TV. Yes. Yep. And this is where, like, I first saw at an age way, that I was way too young for, movies like An American Werewolf in London and the Halloween wow. movies and that yep. TV movie Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. The Scarecrow. <laughs> and these became yes. some of my favorite traditions. So the fact that I could stay up way past bedtime to watch these horror movies that I shouldn't be able to watch at any other night of the year and the fact that I could go out like Halloween felt like giving the middle finger to like traditions and responsibility <laughs> and and things like that like and, and so it was just there was always something oddly subversive about halloween yeah. that again i know i could never explain this when i was a kid but i knew it inside yeah. and sure. that, that spirit has never gone away yeah, I loved everything you said. I remember all that stuff, and I don't, I don't remember exactly where I picked up on it. And it certainly wasn't until my adult life that I got into like the actual history of Samhain and mm-hmm. All Saints Day, and you know, like all the actual like the Celtic history of it, which I didn't appreciate. But there was something like you said, something inherent in my cellular memory as a child. I felt like I need there was some sort of method to this to this stuff, and that's you know, I I remember. Even, you know, they, yeah, like you said, I mean, dressing as as monsters and scary things and everything. But we took it to another extreme. You got to admit, <laughs> you and I took stuff. I mean, I'll, I'll remember even in the non horror themed costumes. I remember the first time I painted your face as the Joker as mm-hmm. a kid, and Mom got like patterned purple fabric plaid pants that she sewed for you and stuff. And we put, you know, we spent hours, you know, putting your costume together. It was so photo photo realistic. And you did Dick Tracy one year, and we got you at a thrift store some old lady's yellow raincoat and, and you know <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it fit me like a trench coat because... right right but the best thing about this stuff was these were not like the plastic you know you know kmart costumes that every kid buys with rubber band mask you know we took it to another extreme and that's something i don't think we were taught that we just did it yeah yeah so okay so let's talk about the one of the most underrated aspects of halloween the music and hence the reason we're doing the show. Halloween music has been nearly as influential and impacting as Christmas music. And after we did the Christmas show last year, which will, of course, be continuing this holiday season, fear not, friends, uh, it didn't take long for both of us to kind of realize that Halloween had to be a part of the network as well. But what we also realized that most people probably haven't is that there is a ton of Halloween music out there. It just doesn't get the recognition or radio play that Christmas does. 
And much like my Christmas collection of playlists, I have multiple Halloween playlists as well. It should be a surprise to nobody. Varying from oldies from the 1930s and 40s to, yes, I have a cardio trance and techno cardio playlist to instrumental atmospheric tracks, usually like soundtracks, like Bram Stoker's Dracula, which I know you love, mm-hmm. Ryan, to The Shining, to The Exorcist, etc. And then, of course, my ever-growing annual Halloween party playlist, which has a lot more contemporary tracks, things like Lady Gaga, Kesha, Kanye, Evanescence, Rob Zombie, Marilyn Manson. I've even written and recorded my own Halloween rap, which you can find on YouTube called The King of Halloween, which, again, just I I am the king. So let's just leave it at that. (laughs) Anyway, which brings us to our first annual Daily Family Halloween Special. That was, by the way, a throwback to Fat Albert for those of you that are too young to remember. So now before we get into our musical selections, let me explain the parameters of this inaugural show. It's going to be heavily borrowed from what we did basically at Christmas. But Ryan and I have both compiled a list of that we're going to dissect and discuss. And in keeping with the theme of Halloween, every show that we do going forward, if this becomes an annual thing, will feature exactly 13 songs. The list is completely random and by no means encapsulates all of our favorite Halloween themes, songs of all time. It's just, since it's going to be an annual event, today's list is just to kind of whet your appetite and give you some sort of context as we go forward. I kind of play fast and loose with the criteria and make up my own rules. So, for example, my Halloween party playlist doesn't necessarily have to be an officially Halloween song or doesn't have to say Halloween in the title. For example, Prince's Bat Dance could make my list or Motley Crue's Shout at the Devil or or Bark at the Moon by Ozzy Osbourne, or even even actually the Smashing Pumpkins, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, because the song opens with The World's a Vampire. Mm-hmm. So those type of songs can make the list. The, the point is, if it's spooky and I like it, it's in. <laughs> Got it? Good. So let's get into it. Um, I'll start off. Uh, my first selection is This Is Halloween by Marilyn Manson. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see. Most people are familiar with this song from Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, as all the townspeople sing before realizing Jack Skellington's missing. It kind of opens the movie and sets the stage. Written by Danny Elfman uh, for the movie. It's fantastic. I actually have both versions of the song on various playlists, but I chose the Marilyn Manson version because this usually fits my annual party playlist for my for my Halloween parties. It fits it perfectly, and it brings an element of goth and horror to an otherwise kind of happy-go-lucky kids song. But honestly, just to about everything Manson does makes my list. So, <laughs> Ryan, you got anything to add? <laughs> um, I love the song, uh, and I, I like this version a lot too. Uh, and, and certainly for for listeners for whom Marilyn Manson's style and his genre might not be to their taste, I right. still think this is worth a listen because 
essentially he's still doing what I guess is ostensibly a kid's song. <laughs> right. um, but, you know, he's, he's bringing his flavor to it, but it still has all of the parts with him, like, doing the different types of voices of the different characters from the thing. Um, it, I, I think this is probably the most accessible Marilyn Manson song. Um, sure. And, uh, gosh, I, I always remember there was, there was only one Marilyn Manson album that I bought, and I certainly got a lot of his other music handed down to me by you. Um, right. But the album, uh, was it The Dope Show, or what was the album that The Dope Show was Mechanical on? Animals. Mechanical Animals, yeah. With the, yep. the cover was him with like weird, the gray alien sort of bodysuit, the sexless bodysuit. Yep, which I, I got, did for Halloween one year. <laughs> I got that album uh, at... Downtown Discs, or I should say Record Rev, but no, we're not plugging that one this time. Um, <laughs> I, got, I got that album the same day, the same time I got Madonna's Ray of Light, and I remember bringing Wow, them, you did. I, I remember them, that. <laughs> I brought them both up to like, the woman at the cashier, and she's like, and she kind of looked at them, she's like, this is an interesting selection, and I was like, yeah, the Marilyn Manson one's for my mom. <laughs> oh my god i remember you having those i i think i actually remembered i i i had to be home at christmas time or something but i remember looking at them both being like you don't like either of these people <laughs> I was like, what the hell are you doing but yeah i mean just to kind of wrap up you know for for listeners sake um Marilyn Manson kind of, you know, the one thing that kind of attracted me to him was always a little bit more of that, like, like shock value was mm-hmm. still like bad publicity is still publicity. And that was kind of the thing. Like, I never really bought into most of his character and most of his act. I always knew he was play- it was this dude playing a role. Right. You know, right. but but that was, you know, I thought there was something, you know, he got people talking. And I've seen him live. I've actually seen him live a couple times, and it's one hell of a theatrical show. I mean, I know he does all kinds of stuff, like, you know, with a burning upside-down cross that he humps and stuff, and it just to piss off people. But, it, it you know, it gets people talking. So like him or hate him, this song makes the list. <laughs> Credit where is due, he does tend to bring a Halloween party with him wherever he goes. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I wish I could get him to attend mine. <laughs> all right. Ryan, what do you got next? All right, for track number two, Season of the Witch by Donovan. That it's strange, so strange, you got to pick up every stitch, you got to pick up every stitch, you got to pick up every stitch. This is probably my favorite Halloween type of song. And originally this was going to be at the end of my list, but I wanted to front load this one. Um, There's really nothing special necessarily about the lyrics, but I dig the quiet of the music during the verses and then the sort of intensity of the chorus. Um, It has this sort of building sense of dread. (laughs) But more than that, there's something about the atmosphericness of the, the, the sound of this song. It takes me back it's a nostalgia trip curiously though like for like a time that i didn't necessarily experience and this was sort of something that i think i mentioned a lot on the our our last christmas episode this one makes me feel like it's the 1970s or the early 80s driving around seeing those types of cars 
uh, this song is playing on a cassette tape or like, or even an eight track, something pre-digital, <laughs> uh, like everything kind of has that pre-digital film stock look, um, you know, gray skies, that, that type of look like that John Carpenter's Halloween type of look sure, that, that, yeah. that world. And when I hear the song, I just think of that time period of the, of the era of the year. And it just brings me into the season. Um, and one thing, like, for Halloween music in general, for me, it's always sort of come about organically. Like, okay. I, I kind of have a schedule for when my Christmas music begins. Ah, For okay. Halloween, I don't have, like, a line of demarcation where this is where I start playing the songs. It's almost like something in my own internal biological clock starts ticking and, like, it could go off in <laughs> August, September, whenever. But once I hear it, I just start these songs start creeping into my mind and I'm walking around outside and it's, it's like, it becomes that season. Mm -hmm. And that's why this song always features so prominently in my, my sort of playlists. What's Wow. That's really cool. I'm, I'm kind of glad you described it the way you did the visual reference that you have with this song, because Halloween three, the outlier to most of the Halloween movies, mm -hmm. the only one to not feature Michael Myers was dubbed Season of the Witch. Mm -hmm. And that was when uh, originally John Carpenter had conceived Halloween to be an anthology series where every movie would feature something entirely different. He never planned on it all being Michael Myers movies over and over and over again. And as much um, as I like Michael Myers and some of the, even some of the later movies, I wish that had been the plan. I wish Halloween 3 had been more successful and they would have kept going with that formula. I do too. I do too. But the reason I even bring it up is because because I remember that movie in particular had more of a stark, barren landscape mm -hmm. to it. It was just something I don't even I don't honestly I don't even remember if that was supposed to be Haddonfield. I don't think it was, mm -hmm. but I just remember it was it was just like kind of like wide open farmland and dead trees and just I remember the bit. movie poster. I like yeah, I, can, yeah. I can close my eyes and see the movie poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I think it's interesting that you kind of had like the the visuals that you conjure up when you hear this song matches the movie that was dubbed, subtitled mm -hmm. season of the witch um i the only thing i would add is just for purely atmospheric sense you described it um if you haven't heard lana del rey's version um check it out um she did you know I you know but i like her so yeah and she's got kind of that like kind of goth like undertone it's 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 very atmospheric it almost plays like an instrumental hmm. um but check out lana del rey's version of it because her version makes my party playlist and it's just kind of a spooky vibe all that you know the chord structure everything is the exact same doesn't change it's just a modern retelling of the song cool Next on my list is going to be, and this is this is actually for, I don't even know if you would call this for nostalgia's sake or just for fun, for shits and giggles, but the next one is The Crypt Jam by The Crypt Keeper. <laughs> So this one's a little bit on the nose, I guess. I guess there's not a whole lot I even want to say about it, except that it has such a, oh my God, Ryan, you can appreciate this, that early 90s New Jack Swing kind of vibe, like, you know, like 
everybody, Belbiv DeVoe and... It's a and, Prince song, too. It's, it's like, a, yeah, get like, off. Yeah, it's, essentially, yeah, like, no, yeah. yeah. I heard the exact same things. <laughs> it's exactly that. And it has that... It's Tony, that Tony, di- Tony or something. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it, like, this could have been in a house party movie. Yes, it easily. Was, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's got that same kind of vibe, but it's wrapped by the Crypt Keeper, <laughs> Crypt Keeper from Tales from the Crypt. And it is nothing... But party music, that's all it is. It's as simple and to, to you know, I, I, here's my ba-dump bump of the, of the night. Um, it's bare bones, if you will. <laughs> but it's just, it's just a straight up. <laughs> oh, my God. That was good. I didn't know you could do that. Um, this, it's, it's just a straight up freaking party song. It has no relevance other than the Crypt Keeper raps. And that's why it's perfect for my list. I don't think I had heard this song in maybe 25 years before you said you were putting it on the list. And I went, oh my god. I, I thought that was a dream. Um, but you're right. It is it is a goofy novelty song. However, yes. it deserves a lot more credit than that because it's actually really well written. <laughs> like the rap, the rap is actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, and also, exactly as you said, if you stripped all the vocals out of this, it's got a great beat. It's a good dance song in the same way as like all those New Jack Swing songs and those like yeah. early like early 90s Prince Bell Biv DeVoto. Like, yeah, it's... Oh, it's yeah. Exactly Even the like, oohs and ahs in the harmony, like yeah, the background yeah, yeah. stingers. It's, the, uh, <laughs> like, it's just... It's it's a great New Jack Swing song. <laughs> it's a great... Yeah, it's a party song. And it's fun. Yeah, this could have been Bobby Brown. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it. All right. What do you got next? Uh, okay. So my next one actually kind of piggybacks a lot off of uh, what I had with Season of the Witch, uh, mm-hmm. but with like a, a more, a bit more of a modern swing. Um, and this is Red Right Hand by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. Take a little walk to the edge of town and go across the track. Where the viaduct looms like a bird of doom As it ships and cracks Where secrets lie in the border fires And the humming wires Yeah, man, you know you're never coming back Across the square, across the bridge Across the mills, past the stacks on a gathering storm comes a tall, handsome man in a dusty black coat with a red right hand. Uh, now, going forward, I should mention that if this continues to be a yearly tradition of very daily <laughs> Halloween specials, anticipate that I will have a Nick Cave song on every episode. <laughs> Just because so many of his songs, you know, like, mention supernatural ideas or monsters or killers or things like that. He's got a song or murder <laughs> or murder or something like that. So it just fits. Um, but this one, again, I really like it. It puts me in mind for Halloween. Like, this song was featured heavily in the Scream movies, the Wes Craven Scream movies. In fact, I think all the first three all had this song in it. But, like, the bells... And the organ, there's a weird kind of like mm-hmm. percussive sound of this that it feels spooky. It feels kind of like of a piece and it just, it reminds me of walking around in the fall, walking through leaves, this ominous sense of dread that something is following you. Uh, and, you know, he's getting like very literary, like invoking like images associated with like John Milton and Paradise Lost through these ideas. 
And right, which is where the line comes from. Right, right. His red right yeah. hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, just thinking about that, I, I kind of always picture that that time of year that's sort of like like the fall, the school year ending, and sort of and just um, just this sense of dread. But it, yeah, it's it's all in the sound. And I mean, yeah. it, part of, part of it is the connection to the movies and thinking about scary movies like Scream and you know serial killers and that as a sort of the the next generation from Halloween. It was sort of you know an homage to that. So that yeah, is. Well- the association. That's really cool. That's actually cool. I didn't know it was, I, I mean, I'm not really familiar with the Scream movies, but I do know that that relaunched, completely relaunched the slasher genre. And now it's as popular as ever again. I mean, they, they rebooted all kinds of them and it was, a, it was, they were very well done, yeah. but I didn't know that this was in the movies. Um, that's, that's really cool. Now for you referenced this before. So for the listeners that are paying attention, red right hand is actually a line from Milton's paradise lost. And it refers to divine vengeance or whatever. Um, this song, first of all, it doesn't surprise me at all that you would have a Nick Cave song. It, uh, and I think that should be part of your 13 every year. That that would actually be really funny because you'll never run out of material. But I will say, um, unlike uh, Season of the Witch, which I've re- referenced before, um, Red Right Hand, I've heard covered by a couple people. And a couple good versions. PJ Harvey did a version yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, Arctic Monkeys did a version of it. Um, but... I will say Nick Cave's version is the best. I actually like this. I like this version a lot. You're right about the sound. It captures, I think the word that I would use is like paranoia. Mm-hmm. If that kind of, like there's something, something about like brooding, you know, there's just something about that. And it reminds me a lot of, of bad things from true blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. It does have that, it, which was almost, was, well, you, you know, was actually on my list at one point and I bumped off. Like I, I came very close to amending my list again an hour before we started recording. <laughs> I was, I was thinking about yeah. changing some of these songs, but um, yeah, I've heard the PJ Harvey version because PJ Harvey and, and Nick Cave are actually really close. They've collaborated a lot, but yeah, that paranoia. that I think like, they dated. Didn't they date? I, I, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I um, feel like they did. But yeah, there's there's a part of where the organ does this sort of like stop start thing that I think builds on that that sense of uneasiness where it's like wah, mm-hmm. wah, wah. And it like yeah, there's just like the sound effect that's like ah, uh, it's it, yeah, it just kind of it makes yeah, you it makes like, look over your shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay, next on my list, and again, these are not my all-time favorites. These are just the inaugural show, and I'm going to go with Moon Dance by Van Morrison. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neat the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night Magic seem to whisper and hush. You know the soft moonlight seems to shine in your blush. Can I just have one more moon dance with you, my love? Can I just make some more romance with you, my love? So you referenced American Werewolf in London at the very beginning of the show, which we talked about. This is this is the first time I discovered this song as well. This song was first of all, if anybody, if you haven't seen an American Werewolf in London, it is a brilliant, brilliant horror comedy. I guess mm-hmm. I, I don't even. I mean, it's it's it has elements of humor that are it's dark humor, but it's it's a horror film and it's got a fantastic transformation sequence. But 
the soundtrack. It's very specific to the movie. Almost every song references the moon or (laughs) wolves. It's very, very specific. It's very cleverly done. But this song, uh, this was the first time, you know, it had songs like Bad Moon Rising and Blue Moon and and all this stuff. This song, though, Moondance, was, you know, our parents, our mom in particular loved Van Morrison. So I'd always kind of heard Van Morrison played in the house whenever dad wasn't home because he always monopolized the music. (laughs) But Moondance... I can't disassociate it from the movie. I just I, like I just I picture being a kid and watching an American Werewolf in London and being horrified, but in a way that I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. Yeah. And trying to pretend that the funny bits, as his best friend is decaying in every scene you see him talking in, I'm like, but he's still funny, so it's not really a horror movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's a weird. I mean, Van Morrison's kind of a jazzy. Irish drunk, but this is, <laughs> yeah. you know, this, this song fits my Halloween playlist. <laughs> I was surprised that you put this on your list because a, I know that you weren't a big fan of Van Morrison, probably because mom and dad played him so much because they exactly liked him. Exactly so right. That's why 100%. you did like him. As well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there were three or four songs from this soundtrack that I that I thought about putting on my list, but I was like, all right, you've got Moondance. That's covering an American Werewolf London yeah. for this episode. <laughs> covers the soundtrack. For this episode. We, like later, epi- you know, when we come back next year, we might have another one of those songs that you already mentioned. Oh, sure. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. What do you got next? All right. For number six, changing genres a lot, we are going with uh, Monster by Kanye West featuring Jay-Z, Nicki Minaj, and Rick Ross. Okay. First things first, I'll eat your brain. Then I'ma start rocking gold teeth and fame. Cause that's what a motherfucking monster do. He addressed her from Milan as the monster do. Monster just a be heel as the monster show. Young money is the roster and a monster crow. And I'm all up, all up, all up in the bank with the funny face. And if I'm fake, I ain't know this cause my money ain't. Let me get this straight, wait. song but I, I i think to really appreciate the song and if you're there's a chance that you're not a big fan of kanye or the the rap hip-hop genre in general but i really think to appreciate this song and really understand it you need to seek out the video for this because <laughs> the song goes hand in hand with the video um but i picked the song and it fits because he name drops mummies vampires wolves monsters <laughs> All of these things kind of like go into it as the whole idea of the song is that these characters, these rappers are embracing the idea that they're a monster, that they're the bad guy, that society or, or you know, pop culture, whatever label, it, it puts the bad guy label on them. And Kanye's like, so whatever, you know, screw it. I'm a monster. Um, <laughs> and Jay-Z has one of the best lines at the end of his verse. I like it when he says something, it's all I see is these fake fucks with no fangs trying to draw blood from my ice cold veins. 
I like that one. But the best part, and again, you need to see the video because Nicki Minaj plays dual roles. At one point, she is kind of like a a monstrous sort of dominatrix character (laughs) and also the virginal dressed all in pink captive of the monster. So she's almost kind of rapping to herself at one point (laughs) and she gives herself a lap dance in the video. Yes. I don't know how they do it, but the way they stage it, it looks really cool. (laughs) Yep. Well, I I, honestly, I don't know if it's trick photography, but I picture her doing that to herself every night. Well, now I will, too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a talent she has. Um, yeah, you know, honestly, I don't really have anything else to add to this other than to give you credit, because this is one of the, you know, there's only a handful that I think you have actually turned me on to that I wasn't previously aware of. And this one, I think Shakira's She-Wolf. Um, but Almost these, made my list. Yeah, almost, yeah and, and will at some point. <laughs> but this one was one of those that it's a really well-done modern song. I mean, it, it fits a party playlist today. It's It's got, you know, relevant rappers and a great beat, and it's a driving song. But it, it encapsulates everything that we wanted on this list. So, I, you know, that's that's it's basically I, <laughs> I can't really add anything else to it. It's perfect. <laughs> okay, so the next one on my list, and again, we're going I'm going back to that recurring theme, which these are not necessarily favorites. So, you know, just keep that in mind going forward. This one is just a must-have for the inaugural show. I just kind of took it at that. So I'm going to go with the Time Warp from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Just a jump to the left. And then a step to the right. With your hands on your hip. This one, I chose this one, and again, just this is kind of thematic more than anything else. It's not, I don't even know if it's really a Halloween theme song, but it's, you know, it's, it's Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, one of my Halloween season rituals is watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and every year it plays at the New Art Theater in Santa Monica. For those of you that have been to LA, it plays at midnight on Fridays at the um, Santa Monica New Art Theater. And I try to, I don't make it every year, but usually at some point in October, once every couple years, I'll get out there and I'll try to see it in the theater with the audience that sings and yells at the screen and throws shit at the <laughs> throws shit at the screen and all this stuff. And it's you know it's it's just a fun experience. If you haven't done it, it's it's this is a movie that I don't even think I saw as a kid. I think I just knew it was a musical. And I was like, that's not going to appeal to me in any way. It's a very, it's, it's a, it's, it's a very gay musical. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. So there was just not much about it that I wanted to see until in my adult life, I started seeing people wear the costumes for Halloween parties and dress as the characters. And then once I became a Tim Curry fan as an adult, I, uh, everybody said that was his breakthrough role. You got to go see him. You got to go see it. And, and they even said, you know, Susan Sarandon was super hot. And I'm like, really? <laughs> the old lady from Dead Man Walking? <laughs> 
the moon. So, so I went back and, and saw, and then it's now I have a new appreciation from it in total. It's been covered. There's been updates to the version. I think they did it on Glee. I want to say there was a Halloween episode of Glee, the TV show, for a while, and I've listened to it. But you know, honestly, I I can't take anything from the original. This it had to be the original for my list. You know, when I think of Susan Sarandon, the first two things I think of are the Witches of Eastwick mm. and um, <laughs> Bull Durham, and both of those are very sexualized roles. So, wow, I, you know, I, that, I have that association with her anyway. Well, that makes it that's weird because that didn't I, I didn't go there. I should have gone there. I don't know why I didn't think of those first, but no, I just pictured her as the nun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, true confession time. Yeah, I have never seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like all told, I've seen oh. I've seen videos, I've seen clips of it, I've seen aspects of it, but I have never had the experience of watching it all the way through. And the reason, part of it, is I've I've had the opportunity to watch it on TV, but oh, I sure. kind of made that point where I was like, you know, what? it's been so long. If I see it, when I see it. It has to be the event. I want to go see it in a theater with the crowd at like a midnight show. I want that to be the experience. It was sort of like the thing where like I've never seen the James Cameron movie Avatar. It just kind of got to the thing. It's like, well, if I didn't see it in IMAX 3D, eh, I don't really care about it anymore. So it's yeah, yeah. sort of like that's that's my thing. I haven't seen Rocky Horror all the way through. Like like I I mean be seen collectively. 10 15 minutes of it very but, interesting yeah, yeah, I, I will i gotta I, you know i'm not gonna begrudge you for for that confession i actually appreciate the fact that you will that you are holding out for the event because this is going i mean i'm sure everybody knows the story about what people do at theaters you can look it up and find out that there's rituals that everybody knows but it's it's one of those weird things you have to you have to be in that environment to believe that it really happens yeah. to see people in line dressed in characters bringing egg cartons and toilet paper and, and stuff like things into the theater to throw mm-hmm. and you're just like yeah. what the hell are people doing and then and there's you know i don't know why this dawned on me but you know they i remember back in college there was you know when billy idol remade the song money money mm-hmm. and there was always like a, a frat chant in every bar that they were like hey hey <laughs> what get laid get f yeah you know and there was that thing i'm like that's not in the song but everybody knows to do it right well this is one of those movies where there's lines the audience yells back at the screen that aren't in the script. And I'm like, who, wh- how do people know to do this stuff? It's just one of those weird things. I can say that I've, I, I do have a tendency if it's on in its October, late October, I will probably watch it if it's on TV, but it doesn't carry any of the weight that it would in the in the theater as a matter of fact i wouldn't even recommend it it's just weird it's just it's it's just a it's it's weird i i I figure now if and when i ever see it i'll probably it'll be when i take reese when he's older because if i do my job correctly he will be really into gay musicals yeah and he's got a helmet so this works (laughs) out really well (laughs) all right <laughs> All right. Uh, what do you got next? Coming in at number eight, The Headless Horseman by K Star. Now get around while I lose a day. And what goes on when it gets late? Along about midnight, the ghosts and banshees get together for a jamboree. There's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes. Some have fangs about this size. Some short and fat, some tall and some don't even bother to wear their skin. I'm telling you, brother, it's a fearful sight just to see what goes on in the night. 
When the spooks have a midnight jamboree, they break it up with a fiendish glee. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, the animated version narrated by Bing Crosby, is one of, if not my favorite Halloween movie. I mean, that was the thing that I fell in love with as a kid, uh-huh. and it captured, it sort of imprinted on me all of the things that I love about the season, from the color palette, like where even yep. in the daytime, the land, the earth, the trees is everything, is more of this, like, it's all these colors about, like, fire, like, orange and yellow and kind of gold and, and muted greens, which is interesting that I end up moving to New England in my adult life, because that's what I see in late September all through October. Yeah. Um, but the skies, are, you know, are rarely this bright, vivid blue. It's more kind of gray and somber and overcast. But then at night, the darkness and the creeping shadows and everything like that, and the whole ending scenario of this, of the animated movie with the chase with the headless horseman through the woods and and ichabod crane i love that yeah and the covered bridge yeah yes 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 i love everything about that like i love how that sequence itself was sort of recreated for the the johnny depp tim burton uh movie version which i I have i have problems with that movie but there's also a lot of stuff about that movie that i genuinely love Mm -hmm. um but yeah the song in particular i love this version this k-star version because it sounds like one of those like postmodern jukebox type of things that you like you hear like where you get like a kind of like a ju- a jazzy band you know playing this and everything. I, sure. I love her vocal track. She's sort of doing like a little bit of a playful quality to it, and it just yeah, this one puts me right there and reminds me of this this movie or that yeah, the, this the cartoon I guess. Yeah, this one, I, 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 it's no surprise to me that this one kind of hits you where you live. I totally remember, you know, in our childhood days. And, it, you know, what's kind of a shame is that nowadays Halloween specials aren't really a thing mm-hmm. anymore. Like, you know, I, like the way the Christmas season does. There was there was a time when, you know, the, there were animated Halloween specials on at night. You know, it's it wasn't just the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. It was, right. there was a Fat Albert one. There was a... a, a there was a Garfield Bugs one Bunny. that I loved. There yeah, was, there was... We, I mean, we had a Halloween VHS tape. Like, yeah. you know, we, we had those for Christmas specials and Christmas movies. Too. Yep. We had a Halloween one that we recorded all of these Halloween specials when they were on TV. Yeah, yeah. But I remember, I, I, I definitely remember, I have, I, I know it well. I mean, I even used some video clips from the, it was a disney one that you're talking about too mm-hmm. um but i i used some of the video i ripped some of the video for my own rap video for for the king of halloween i used some of the clips i think i think the chase and and ron bones throwing the uh, or the headless horseman right. throwing the pumpkin head at ichabod and it was just yeah that was really well done it, it brings me right back there too I will say, though, in terms of the song that you're talking about, first of all, I love, love, love this track. Everything about this track, I absolutely love it. It's on my top five from my 30s, 40s, big band era kind of playlist. And I've got, I've got, uh, it's a long playlist I have of this era with stuff like uh, Jeepers Creepers and stuff. There's like a lot of that old kind of big band kind of sound. But the thing is, I think you described it really well, K-Star and I'm more familiar with her from Everybody's Waiting for the Man with the Bag, the Christmas song. I've got, you know, I've heard a lot of her Christmas stuff. Um, This song is, oh my God, there's just something about it. It's, it's like a, it's like a post, maybe, maybe, maybe even not even a post, maybe like a pre-World War II kind of era that just kind of brings me back to something about the sound. It's, it's, it's like a scary, jazzy, big band kind of sound. And this is top five on my list for that. Love this track. 
All right. What do you got for number nine? Well, I'm gonna po- I'm following up with that one, kind of keeping with the old sort of the old theme, the the throwback theme, and I'm gonna go with that old black magic by Louis Prima and Kelly Smith. Old black magic has me in its spell. Old black magic that you weave so well. Those icy fingers up and down my spine. The same old witchcraft when your eyes meet mine. Same old tingle that I feel inside. And then that elevator starts its ride. Down and down I go. Round and around I go. Like a leaf caught in a tide. I should stay away, but what can I do? So this song has actually been done a lot, and this is not the first version I ever heard of it. I've heard the song done by, I mean, basically everybody from the Rat Pack. Frank did it, Sammy did it, Ella Fitzgerald did it, Julie Garland did it. It was nominated for an Oscar in 1943 because it was from a movie called Star Spangled Rhythm. Um, but this version, the 1958 version, is my favorite. And it's it's kind of like what you a lot of the things that we said about the last one. It's got a throwback feel to it. It reminds us of a different time but it's timeless at the same time, if that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know if it does, but there's just something about this that kind of makes me want to watch like old black and white movies and kind of thing and be, you know, I don't know. That's just, I, I, I love this track. I, I do too. Um, I, I, this is one that I hadn't heard until more recently, just within the last like couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I really dig this. I don't have much more to say about it than that. Um, so changing gears a little bit, taking us away from our list, because there was definitely something that I wanted you to tell our listeners. <laughs> um, notable Halloween concerts or shows that you've seen. <laughs> oh, okay. I see where you're going. Yeah, um, there, there's one that I am forever jealous that you saw, because I remember you, you calling me about it like in the dead of night to tell me that this was the experience. Okay, um, I, I know exactly. I know exactly where you're going, and I'll I'll, I'll answer that with a, a ringing endorsement. Was this show? So, so was it, before? Was this at Dodger Stadium? Yep. Was, okay. Right, that was, yes, it was. It was Halloween 1998, and uh, I remember. I, Boy, oh boy, I remember back in the day. <laughs> no, Halloween 1998, I, um, myself, uh, a couple of friends, Dana, Ryan Brown, who plays months on uh, 90210, and people remember him from Saved by the Bell, one of my one of my buddies, actor buddy, and, and Tina and a bunch of people, we were, we were doing Halloween big, and we had, um, Ryan had gotten us tickets to see Kiss at Dodger Stadium, and... It was like, first of all, it was weird because that was the only time I've ever been to a concert at Dodger Stadium. Now, I know like I, I've seen videos of other people like when somebody plays Yankee Stadium or something like that. Mm-hmm. They just bring all kinds of seats onto the infield and, and just cover the stadium. But we got really, really good like on the ground, which would technically be like the equivalent of the orchestra section, I guess, of a, show, of a, of a theater. So we were down in front at Dodger Stadium. And Ryan had, you know, he said like, yeah, I got, we got tickets to see Kiss and special guest. <laughs> was like, okay, Kiss and special guest. Cool. Um, I had gotten wind ahead of time that the special guest was going to be the Smashing Pumpkins. But 
there wasn't a whole lot. This was pre-internet. You know, there was there was no way to really track this. And the the Pumpkins had finished their Adore tour. This is how I know it was '98 because yeah. they had just wrapped their summer tour of all complete charity shows, playing the whole album of Adore, which got kind of lukewarm responses from people. So because you know, without getting too much into it, they had kind of lost their luster after Melancholy and Firing Jimmy and the band kind of breaking up and Billy saying we're going to force through it we're going to fight through and then they went on this tour and then because they weren't playing all the hits they were supporting a new album they didn't get the tour support and bookings that they wanted so they decided well we're just going to play small theaters for free and give the money to charity which they did to their credit they they gave all of their money away that year anyway so to come full circle so i had kind of heard rumors that they were going to be they were going to be the guests and i was like oh perfect halloween night playing you know the pumpkins they should open a halloween show but i didn't know if that was any way true um and there was no way to really verify it but we were we pre-partied you know like most people do going to concerts and our pre-parties included a lot of substances that i'm probably not going to reference on this but they were very happy-go-lucky substances like we (laughs) we were very we were in very good moods and very lovey and touchy-feely and stuff like that um so we get to the show and we're hanging out and the stage setup for the opening band was already there and it was it was set up like the beatles as a matter of fact the drum the drum kid the kick drum said the beatles and i was like yeah i don't i can't see the pumpkins being here so i was just like uh all right what are you gonna do you know it was like fine i've seen the pumpkins three times on that sewer tour that summer including with you in mm-hmm. chicago um so it was like okay whatever that would have been fun but we were flying and having fun and whatever Finally, lights go down, people, a band takes the stage, lights go up, and there's the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles were on stage, and I'm staring at them, and I'm going, okay, I know I'm kind of – I'm messed up right now, but I'm like, I, I – how are – I thought the Beatles were like, like – aren't half of them dead? <laughs> like I'm going, you know, whatever. So I'm, I'm looking and they started busting into money. The yep. opening song was money. That's what I want. And you and I were huge fans of the backbeat soundtrack. Yeah. So this was as grungy a rock version of the Beatles song as you could get. It wasn't pop. It was hard hit and electric guitar. It sounded like a garage band mm-hmm. and I'm loving it. And the lead singer is doing a great job. And he's, you know, there, I mean, I'm talking, when I say it's the Beatles, I mean, they all had their mod suits, their bowl haircuts, and they were playing Rickenbacker guitars like Tom Petty played. So like, honest to God, it looked like the Beatles and they bust out through this song. And finally, at one point in the song, right before they go into the last, you know, whole lot of money and all stuff, the lead singer lets out a trademark yowl yeah. like this is like howl at the moon kind of thing and i dropped my jaw dropped i'm like oh my god that's the pumpkins that's the <laughs> pumpkins in full costume full costume even darcy dressed you know the whole band in full costumes playing as the beatles with a set that looked like the beatles <laughs> in costume i mean i just my jaw dropped it was great and then the song ended and they all take off their wigs and i think they kept their suits on and stuff but then they just did like a 30 minute set from the adore shows and but all goth themed it was like they did they, they, and this was by the way the first time i ever heard cash car star Oh, they yeah. busted up, which didn't make it till till Machina, but they played a version of that. And this was with Jimmy was in the band yet. Ken, Kenny Aronoff was the drummer. I was going to ask you who the drummer was. I, yeah, I figured yeah. it was probably Kenny Aronoff from the. Yeah, Adore it was tour. Kenny, and he he was great. But um, it was but they did you know from the Adore album the the real the more gothic themes like they played Crestfallen mm-hmm. and they played Tear 
and they played uh or tear i don't even know which one it's pronounced because the song the title's not in the song but um you know it was just it was it was just it was honest to god it was a mind-blowing experience whether or not i was wasted has nothing to do with it i mean it was just we were i mean 30 feet away from what i vision you know from what i considered at the time the biggest band in the world and they were playing a halloween show in costume and i was just like this is this is unbelievable and then I, it was so good i don't remember kiss playing that night <laughs> <laughs> I know they did. I know we were there, but I couldn't tell you a single part about that show. I just it was it was oh man, thank you for bringing that up. Wow, you just took me. That was a trip down memory lane, bro. Uh, no, I, I I heard the song. I remember hearing that of, at the time. I think he called me right after. It was probably like five o'clock in the morning my time. But yeah, that would have been me. Yeah. <laughs> we had a tendency to we had a tendency to make a lot of late night calls to you back then. Mm, yeah, I remember. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do, I do. Okay, um, oh. man, wow, that was good. Thank you. That was that was fantastic. Um, okay, let's get back to our list. Um, what do you got next for number ten? I put a spell on you by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. Stop the things you do. What's up? This one I knew was going to be on my list. The only question was which version of I Put a Spell on You, because there are a lot of covers of this song. Some of them are really, really good, but this one, uh, again, is just, this is one of my favorite Halloween tracks. Similar to the things that I have said about Red Right Hand and Season of the Witch, you know, there's like the building tempo of the music. Um, creating that, that sense of unease that something is creeping <laughs> up on you, something is getting closer. Dun 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 dun, dun. and and Hawkins' vocals are just barely in step with the melody, and occasionally he breaks away. He likes yep. talking like his his li- his line delivery will sometimes break away from the matter, and that that just adds to the jazzy sense of discordance, this uneasing, and and by the end of it, he is just shouting at you, and it's like, yeah. it's oh, so yeah. great, but like, the, that feeling like I, I this, this song, like, I, I have in my mind a scene in a movie set during like a Halloween or a costume party or some kind of event, and there's some sort of attack or a murder or some something bad is happening to it, and you lose like all of the like sort of regular diegetic sound, and you just have this song playing <laughs> over that moment. Um, I just yeah, I, I dig it. This is always one of my favorite Halloween ones. 
Yeah, I, I it's it's so funny because I don't know why this song conjures up a visual for me as well, but it does. But the visual I always have is that crazy Bugs Bunny witch hazel. Remember that? Remember yes. the every, every time she like like you'd see like hairpins fly when she would like run away and disappear off screen. Yeah. But she was like there was a couple of animated Bugs Bunny shows with witch hazel who was always brewing up something in some cauldron and she wanted to cook Bugs Bunny. <laughs> and there's something weird about this song that makes me feel like this is a cannibal song like i don't i don't know why i just picture this this voodoo new orleans dude yeah like like screaming at you and putting like like i don't know like i i just see him like black magic putting somebody to spell and then like hansel and gretel throwing them in an oven and cooking them that's 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 what i see yeah i don't i don't know why but this is i mean this song couldn't not make our list either right (laughs) all right so we're getting down to it now the next one I'm going to go with, and boy, you thought I picked a novelty song before. <laughs> Wait till you guys get a load of this one. Get Down Goblin by Jan Terry. Get Down Goblin. Get Down Goblin. So if you're still with us, folks, honestly, I can't tell you how or why I ever found this track. But this has to be the worst written, recorded, or performed song I've ever heard. I mean, honestly, God, it's the worst. But that's what makes it awesome. It is so. <laughs> this girl has a lisp, and she's and she shot her own video, and she's like, "It's hey, who's at the door? It's Dracula. Let him in." <laughs> Wait, no, that's what you're not supposed to do. Like, this, there's just something about this. This is oh my God, I can't. I, I I mean, Ryan, you've been to so many of my parties. You know that this song we always have. If I have a six-hour playlist of music, we have this song on five times throughout the time so that it comes on once an hour. That's one thing. we. This is the only song that will ever make my playlist multiple times because we need to hear this once an hour during my Halloween party. It is – this is like one of those – this is good and terrible. It's just such a weird and hard to describe song. Everything you said is right because, like, the melody, the sound, like the kind of like the chorus, the, the 
jovial sort of get down goblin thing. It sounds like a schoolhouse rock song. But then it the sounds lead... like it was written by kids. It sounds yeah, it like does. it was it not, not written for, but written by. <laughs> by kids, yeah. And then the lead vocals are by this drunken aunt or grandmother singing or whatever. It was just like t- took the, the microphone away. And you're right, she has a speech impediment. She says, <laughs> quote the Waven. No, yeah, quote the Waven. <laughs> exactly. And then like, like I, we've, we've talked about, we oh, we have tried to analyze the song, but she's like, it's Dracula, let him in. It's Woofy, let him in. Yeah. Like, Who has ever referred to the werewolf as Woofy? Yeah. I, like, yeah how has I, that become a nickname <laughs> Yeah, this is one of those things. I, I swear to God, the only the only way to do justice to this part of the list is to yeah, we'll we'll have to post the link to the video. Oh yeah, there's there's there is no other way because just listening to the song, by the way, is funny enough. And <laughs> listeners, I hope everybody like I I you'll have to yeah like you cannot now you have to see this video. This is like this is like if if everybody had like their special needs alcoholic grandmother in Wisconsin kind of thing. <laughs> and this is like, like, you, you know, there's, I mean, everybody's got somebody in the family that you're just kind of like, uh, you know, okay. Yeah. You need humor. And you're like, yeah, that's great. Oh my God. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Of course you can sing. This is wonderful. And, and this is, it, it, yeah, it's just, it's Jan Terry. And this is on my list five times every party. <laughs> oh, I did. Did we do her Christmas song last year? No, we did not, but we will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till we get to what, what was it? First, what was it? Noel? Is it was that what it was or something? Excuse my I think Christmas. I th- excuse my Christmas. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Excuse my Christmas. Yeah, you have excuse my Christmas, which for some reason takes place. She gives shots out to the Liberty Bell in Philly, and it's like, I mean, it's. I think she. I, I mean, I think she probably. I, I don't think she's. I don't think she's very educated. And I also don't think she has a thesaurus book. So I think, you know, she, with if, if you if you don't have higher education or a rhyming dictionary, you're kind of limited. <laughs> In songwriting, certainly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, boy. I can't, for, folks, wait till Daily Family Christmas Volume 2. Jan Terry, excuse my Christmas. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's go back to Halloween, though. <laughs> All right. What do you um... got? For my last song on the list, this is my favorite song of any of these. Um, not necessarily my favorite Halloween song or the one that I most associate, although I do, but like just as a song that I will play, uh, this is my favorite one. Now, in our, our previous episode when we were talking about the Bee Gees, we already talked about our, my, I already confessed my, my growing appreciation of disco, <laughs> which is why I've included I'm Your Boogeyman by Casey and the Sunshine Band. I'm your boogeyman.
I put this one on here because I knew this would be my only chance because eventually you would put, you would put the Rob Zombie or White Zombie version of this song on a list. Yeah. So, so once I saw that yeah. you didn't have it this year, I'm like, well, I gotta use I'm Your Boogeyman. This is, this is my only time to use it. Obviously, the White Zombie version is more thematically appropriate for Halloween. But I really like this one, and I still it still kind of gets grandfathered in for me as a Halloween movie because the lines from the song were actually quoted by Stephen King in one of his novels, or it might have been a it was like Skeleton Crew, it was one of his collection of short stories. Mm. Um, but at the beginning of all of his books, he has he usually has like a song lyric or something that is thematically appropriate, and one of them was "I'm your boogeyman, that's what I am, and I'm here to do whatever I can." <laughs> And I just because of that, I was like, yeah, okay, I can associate this with Boogeyman, and it has a horror theme. And that is really the only way that this gets into <laughs> my my Halloween playlist. But I, I love this song. Like, this is a song, like, I just, I'll, I'll dance to this one. It's one of its top three disco dance songs for me. Um, well, just, yeah, yeah, that being said, uh, you, you, I, this would actually, this, yeah, this would definitely make a top five disco list of all time. I mean, this is, this is a fantastic dance song and it's, it's uber famous. Um, you totally stole my thunder. You're right. If I was going to choose this song, I mean, I have, I have Rob Zombie's version on, or White Zombie's on my Halloween playlist because it matches a more industrial kind of techno um, dance party theme for like the modern goth era kind of thing. But this song is, 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 is still classically great, and I'm a, I'm happy to say that you know you're coming along with disco. I'm, I I think that's great that you're you're no longer a novice when it comes to disco. You've 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 got your stuff, man. Um, the funny thing about it, and this is so off subject, but I don't know why, but when I think of the title, The Boogeyman, and I see the way it's written by Casey and the Sunshine Band, it's great because it doesn't remind me of like Michael Myers is the Boogeyman. It reminds me of The Simpsons uh, Treehouse of Terror, where Burns <laughs> Burns says, "The Boogerman." <laughs> <laughs> it's like stop scaring Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> There's just something that's that's what I picture. <laughs> I see, I see Boogeyman. I just it's it's great. So uh, that, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, if you hadn't had uh, this is Halloween, which how could you not open the playlist with that? But right. maybe maybe I'll do the the Oogie Boogie uh, song from uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas on a, a later a later year. Yeah. Oh man, I've got I've got the next ten years worth of show scripted already. So we're good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then what is right, our finally. unlucky number 13? Yeah, let's let's bring it home. Let's uh okay, the number 1 song and if you've been paying attention to us and our lives, this should kind of come as no surprise for most people. It is about as as good as it gets when you're putting together a horror themed playlist. Number 1 on my list is Thriller by Michael Jackson. It's supposed to be
you know, nothing needs to be said about this. This is this is epic and amazing, and it's the one song and video that I think everybody in the world has seen. I remember, oh my God, I remember when this when this. I mean, this was a short film, and this was something so rare and new that Michael Jackson, you know, made this 15 minute horror movie, and they played it repeatedly on MTV. And Ryan, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I'm I'm gonna bring this back up again because it's worth noting that the, the best thing about the thriller video was we had just gotten a TV with a remote control. <laughs> and you got terrified every time the Michael Jackson turned into the werecat or whatever it was and started turning and you would scream and run out of the room, but you'd stand in the doorway. And because you wanted to come back in and hear the song because you wanted to dance to the song. <laughs> you just didn't like the horror part. So I had figured out we just, I, again, just got a remote control and I would mute it and tell you, okay, it's over. It's over, Ryan. Come on in. And you'd kind of grudgingly come back around and ready to camp out right in front of the TV and drop to your knees. And then boom, I turn the screen, uh, turn it back on and, and, ah! and you take <laughs> off and leave. So that, that I mean, if, uh, God, I, I wish that was. I wish we had that on like Super Eight or something because that you know you felt for it every time. It was great, but which no, but as a testament, it's funny that I say that because it's a testament to how bad you wanted to come in and watch the video. <laughs> like you really wanted to see him dancing with the zombies. That didn't scare you. Nothing, nothing about that did. It was just, so. I, I yeah. I mean, what do you what do you want to say? Uh, yeah, I mean. I, I I told my version of this story uh, on an episode of uh, FW Presents earlier this year when I was uh, talking about the Werewolf by Night uh, first appearance yeah, right, in comic right. books. Um, so yeah, this was a a song and a video that you tortured me with as a very young child. Um, I, I don't know if I, I think ever... I think of it as conditioning. Sure, I don't think tortured yeah, is the right I'm, word. I'm Mom sure and that's... Dad would say I tortured you. I think I was just conditioning you. I hardened your skin. I think that was your your defense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I don't know if I would have ever forgiven you if you hadn't given me all of your GI Joes. Um, but... <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but um, yeah, you're like. I can't hear the song without thinking of the video, which was, you're right, like the mini-movie and like the whole, the way it proceeded, like within Transforming, which I never distinguished between werewolf and werecat. For me, he was a werewolf. Like the, the physical features yeah. might have might have been different, but the transformation, the uh, the effect was the Oh, same. sure. Yeah, it's uh, kind it, of irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. So that, that really kind of like imprinted on me and, and terrified me, but also... I, there was something kind of like attractive and, and crazy about it, which is why I really liked werewolf fiction and werewolf movies. Yeah. You know, later on. Um, but but you're right. Like once he started dancing, like I was like, this is really cool. And then, yeah, he he is green skin and he looks like a zombie, and everybody else is dead. But I was like, they're dancing, so it can't be all bad. You know, if, if George right. Romero had made them dance, I would have been fine with Dawn of the Dead. So, <laughs> right. So. Right. Well, this was uh, wasn't this John Landis? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. So it was the so the transformation scene was the same as in American Werewolf in London. I remember right. it was it was you know they were they were identical and he was very much. I remember the disclaimer to the video yeah. that said yeah. any person you know any you know comparison to real or fiction or the occult yeah. is you know purely coincidental or something like that. I just remember it was so weird. Like, like Michael Jackson didn't want people to think that he was a Satanist or something, yeah, yeah. but. The, the strangest thing about this was, you know, I, I mean, there's probably a, a lot of references we've made throughout our 13 song list already to costumes that I've been for Halloween. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been Marilyn Manson. I've been, you know, all, all these things like we've done this. But 
the weirdest thing, and this, I don't know if you know this story or not, but one, it was, I can't remember what year it was, and I'm not going to give the ending of the story away, but I got invited to a dead celebrity's Halloween party. And it was like at somebody else's house and everybody had to come as like a dead celebrity. So there were all kinds of, you know, there was like a Steve Irwin, the shark, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or the, whatever, Croc Hunter, whatever, Hunter. you know, all, all kinds of people. It was just all dead celebrities and stuff. And there was, you know, Kurt Cobain and things. It was just, it, it was creepy and weird, but I couldn't come up with a costume that year that I wanted to be, but I had already put together the pieces for Thriller. I had the red leather jacket with the black stripes. I still have it, by the way. I have two versions of it. One is leather and one's fake leather, so I could tear it up. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Um, I had the red skinny jeans. I had black penny loafers and a, you know his his afro wig kind of thing. I had the whole costume put together. So I, I reconciled with the party by going as zombie Michael Jackson after he turned. So it gave me the chance to do thriller, but also to wear Halloween makeup, which I love anyway. So I went and that was my, that was my way of getting past. So I was, it was like, okay, well I'm zombie Michael Jackson blah, blah, blah. And I did this whole thing. And the funny thing is I core, you know, me, I learned the entire choreography for thriller. I learned every single step to the song a month in advance so that I could do the dance because I knew somebody would ask me to do it once I was at the party and nobody asked me. I never got a chance to do it, <laughs> but, but to come full circle, the reason why I'm telling you that story right now is because that was the year before he died the next summer. Oh. So it was almost like, it was kind of a creepy, weird foreshadowing that I went to a dead celebrities party when Michael Jackson was still alive and he died afterwards. So I might've had something to do with that. I mean, listeners, you've got it confirmed fire and water records. Neil Daly killed Michael Jackson. <laughs> It wasn't overdose and painkillers or anything like that, no. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the, the one thing that I had to mention was, I mean, it is it is the greatest understatement in the world that this dance that accompanies this song is phenomenal. Like, the greatest piece of choreographed music. Like, cheerleaders repeat this song, like, at every chance. Like, the, like, flash mobs in prisons, in Chinese prisons. Yeah, I've seen that video, yeah. And everything. It's yes. just, it is a phenomenal piece of choreography. And you can't separate the song from the video in your mind, but the song itself, without the video, is still really good. It's a good track. It's a good, you know, Halloween-themed or, or spooky kind of novelty type of monster track. And it's just – it's Michael Jackson. It's it's his biggest hit yeah, of all time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just so – it's it's so weird. Like, I, I have no idea what would have – you know, what would have made him like led him down that path to want to do something like this. But this was, you know, it had a, I remember Vincent Price rapped in it, you know, he did spoken word, but, but they got, you know, the, the goth king of like fifties and sixties horror to come in and do this. It was like, that's one of those weird things where, cause Quincy Jones produced the album, but you're, you're sitting there going, how did he react to this when Michael brought it up? You know, <laughs> like at what point did he say, go to the, you know, say like, yeah, we're doing a Motown record. But I want to do a horror song and have a spoken word rap about the dead. You know, it's just it's that's that's it. You know, it's it's, it's kind of funny, too. Like, you know, we've we've talked about I already shared my story about the Pumpkins concert, you know, for Halloween and stuff. I, I'm, I'm happy that, you know, going through this list, one of the things that it did, it, uh, it afforded me the opportunity to revisit some old memories and some old like songs where I was when I heard them and everything. And you have been, despite the fact that I've lived in California for <clears throat> years and, and you and I have been geographically separated by an entire continent, um, you've been a part of uh, quite a few. 
quite a few Halloweens of mine. And I, you know, it was fun. I, I, I going through this list and doing this thing with you, I'm happy we were able to do it because I remember we've had, we've had some, we've put together some good things. You know, one of the things that I remember uh, a couple, just a couple years ago, the, the last Halloween, the last Halloween we were out there, yeah. yeah, the last Halloween that you came out here for to celebrate when we dressed up as Jake and Elwood blues and went to do karaoke as the Blues Brothers. And we were at the bottom of the hill by Universal Studios, and a bunch of dudes in the bar started buying us drinks. <laughs> yeah. And I, re- I remember both of us kind of being like, okay, if these guys are swingers, this is weird. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't want to be rude. But, you know, but, but and then next thing you know, we find out that they're the tram group drivers they're like the drivers union and they thought we were employed by you you know the the characters that walk around the park yeah and and of course we didn't tell them we weren't so, <laughs> no. so so we just went with it but i mean that was one of those that was just a classic moment where i you know that's i i, I mean i i figured finish the drink if they ask the question directly let's be honest but finish the drink first <laughs> so yeah but all the you know for for you know i i there's there's just there's a long long laundry list of fun fun halloween memories i have with you and and with putting together costumes and doing themes and stuff and i'm so this was i hope i hope our listeners enjoyed this every bit as much as we did so that's it 13 songs um it's our first annual daily family halloween special um and i hope that this triggers memories from all of you and more importantly you know unlike christmas which obviously is in everybody's face halloween music there's there's a lot out there that people don't know so if we can turn people on to a couple new things a couple new songs you know it was worth it yeah anything you want to add uh, just the open invitation to everybody when they uh, submit their feedback. If you've got a particular favorite song, uh, something that we didn't mention, uh, a Halloween playlist or a couple of tracks that you really listen to, um, or you know, favorite Halloween memories, favorite Halloween costumes, things. I mean, as we go through and do these in future years, I mean, we'll we'll get more into our personal stories. We could do you know, f- you know, top three, top five, top ten Halloween costumes or something. Oh like yeah, that, yeah. Or other favorite memories. But uh, yeah, absolutely, it's. Uh, yeah, this this was a ton of fun, and I enjoyed that. And uh, by the time you hear this, we will be nearly to the start of our, our Christmas season. So, opening up the feedback, if you want us to consider a certain Christmas song that maybe we haven't yet, um, get that get that one to us as soon as possible, so we can start planning for the next year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This uh, we want to make these shows a lot more interactive. That's mm-hmm. the one thing you and I can share stories till till kingdom come. But this is you know one thing that we want to do is invite everybody to share it with us. You know, take part in it. You know, let's 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 make it interactive. So that's it. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it, you guys. We hope to hear you back next year again for the same show, Volume 2. Fire & Water Records is a proud part of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Feedback for the show can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com, as well as Facebook and Twitter. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters. For information on how you can support the Fire & Water Podcast Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. And if you like the show, but don't wish to support us through Patreon, please go to iTunes and leave a nice five-star review for Fire & Water Records. Every review helps iTunes push this podcast out to a wider and wider audience. All music clips and quoted lyrics are used for entertainment purposes, and no copyright infringement is intended. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. We hope to hear you guys back here next year, and this has been fun. Ryan, as always, I mean, we could talk about how we could do another hour for this show if we wanted to, but there's your inaugural 13. Thanks again, everybody. Happy Halloween. 
Happy Halloween. The foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly goons from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Oh, when ghosts and goblins by the score, ring your bell or pound your door, better not be stingy or your nightmares will come.